Iowa everywhere. Um, we'd love to tell you what this podcast is about, but the truth is, we don't know. The CW Pod, at home on Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. What's up, guys? Welcome to a new CW Pod here on Iowa Everywhere. Changing things up yet again this week. (laughs) You know it by now, if you've listened we do different things on this podcast. We will do sports. If you're not doing sports this week, get into it. I want to thank our sponsor, Circa Sports Iowa. I actually just booked my flight going out there for week zero of the college football season. I'm going to sign up for all the NFL contests, all that good stuff. It would be an awesome time if you are um, an Iowa Everywhere listener, viewer, wherever, if you want to join us out there. We'll be out there for week zero. Looking forward to that. My guest today is an old friend, mm-hmm. and I don't like it's. It's still weird, like because his he's Brett McIntyre, meteorologist from Channel Thirteen, soon to be former meteorologist from Channel Thirteen. And Brett, I was thinking about this last night, laying in bed, knowing that we were going to do this today. I can't believe how old we are. Because you <laughs> you've been at Thirteen for how many years now? It's almost 15 years. It's like it, I'll, I'll come up like a month and a half short of, of 15 years. So a decade and a crazy, half. Because I just feel like we were in college yesterday. Um, for yeah. for the listeners, Brett and I went to college together uh, with Bloom, uh, a bunch of other uh, friends, obviously, but us three are the ones that are kind of still hanging around here. Um, and you were a you were a sports guy because I was yep. – and then, like, so you were a year younger than me. I was trying to walk myself through this. You're a year younger than me. I go off, start doing my thing, and then you all of a sudden – I talk to you, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a meteorologist. And I was <laughs> like, whoa. Like, I, I, I knew you were a smart guy. I didn't even know you had, like, an interest in that. What, what, what made you pick meteorology over sports? Well, the the plan kind of always was uh, meteorology. So we 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 kind of crossed the streams because I, I my dad was a sports writer for the paper in Fort Dodge. So I always kind of grown up around sports. I've been to all you know you name it, uh, small high school anywhere north of Highway Thirty. I've probably seen a basketball or football game uh, in any of those spots. And then um, we've been to. All kinds. It was the cool thing growing up is we got to go to see Iowa football and basketball games, Iowa State football mm-hmm. and basketball games. So I've been in the the press box at Jack Trice when it wasn't even a press box when it was over under the stands on the east side where those club seats are now. So I've been in there. Um, I've been wow. you know hanging around uh, after games, waiting for a dad to get out of interviews. So getting autographs from all kinds of '90s Iowa State basketball and football players. Iowa basketball and football players. I mean, we, we were, I remember one time waiting at, at uh, Carver Hawkeye after a game, waiting for everything to, to come out. My dad hadn't come out and finished the story. And we're just sitting there in the bowl. It's like me and my brothers, my mom, and like a security guard. And Jacob Jakes comes back out to get nice. in more shots after the game. And so we're standing there like rebounding for him. So I have all kinds of weird stories like that. Did he elbow you? Ames and Iowa City. Oh, yeah. He, then when my dad came back, then he, he let us, uh, he let us take a couple shots. So we're, <laughs> Jacking up 
threes as like 10 year olds out there. So was it, it, did Jacob crazy. Jakes try and like trip you or <laughs> kick you in the junk? Like no, 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 we did not. We did not catch uh, any elbows, but that's, we were too, we were too low. I think they, they all just would have gone over our heads anyway. But so yeah, I always had the sports background. I, I, I knew I wanted to do meteorology, but so I, I kind of finagled my way into writing for the daily you know, make some of that uh, beer money on the side or whatever. I know one of our friends was writing at the Daily at the time, too. So I had all kinds of connections there. Uh, so that was a lot of fun on the side. But, yeah, I, I, I've been doing the meteorology degree and uh, ended up uh, kind of doing the double degree thing, just the, the way the credits worked out. So I had uh, journalism and and broadcasting there to go to go hand in hand. So yeah. parlayed that into the internship with Keith. So a bunch of our our path is about the same because we we're both interns for Keith. We were yes. both Cyclone Insiders on yes. WHO 13, which in my deep dive through the vaults, I have the infamous clip that almost got me banned from Ames forever. I'm not going to name any names, but I know there are still people involved with the athletic department may, or might not be anymore, but uh, to this day <laughs> are still still upset about something that may or may not have happened on the television Can news. It? Can I say it? In the middle – Sure. I, you know, I, I got to kind of got to put the, the clip out now that I found it, but I think you have to. Yeah. So we, they used to do this deal. Do they still do the cyclone insider thing? Is that still? Oh, oh God, no, those are long gone. Okay. I think we got paid like 25 bucks a pop for it. If I, I didn't even get that. I always got gift cards to Ohana steakhouse. It, it, but yeah, it might've been a gift card. I don't, whatever it was, it was worth like $25. I, I never got paid. I always, I ate so much <laughs> Ohana steakhouse during that era of my life oh my gosh. um but okay so i did it so there was this deal where on like thursday nights we would go on the news and we would make give like a minute monologue and make mm-hmm. a prediction for the iowa state game that coming week uh i got run off because i didn't look the part enough like i was in college and my clothes weren't ironed to like the you know i wasn't a tv guy i'm an internet guy Right, I never wanted to be a TV guy, and uh, Murph gives me shit about that to this day. Which it's it's a on-running joke. See, I I move on. I'd done that for a couple of years. You get the gig, and this was during the Chiswick years, right? And mm-hmm. you wore a paper bag over your head for the broadcast. Yeah. So I I, <laughs> I got into the same bit where it was kind of this was 2007, so it's Chiswick's first year. Iowa State is horrendous. Oh, now man. the people that got mad about this can pretend they're mad, but they didn't like. They don't like Gene Chizik, and they know that that era stunk. It was yeah. terrible. So you don't right. don't give me they this offended. But uh, so they, it's going terribly for Iowa State. Iowa is. This is the year that Iowa loses on Senior Day to Western Michigan to miss a bowl. Plus, they had just a plethora of just horrible off the field. So just the whole thing is just going terribly. And Keith comes to me and, and he says, you know, the news director, the management's kind of getting, you know, we don't want, not want to do these anymore because the Iowa State guys just coming on and, you know, kind of trying to nicely say, well, they're going to get their butt kicked again this week or whatever. <laughs> and Iowa's a mess. Maybe we just not waste, you know, two minutes each week on these things. So you got to you got to figure out a way to like spice it up a little bit. Well, uh, Chizik hands me a gift. I can't remember if it was homecoming or not but they they played texas and they get beat 56 to three vince young played in that game i mean that's bad i mean that's that's like no wait that early was 90s 
Yeah, that was Colt McCoy. Yeah, yeah. But yep. it was like an early 90s Iowa State butt kicking. So uh, we're, we're trying to think something. Yeah, and, and so it goes into that. Um, I, get, I get a paper bag, a cardinal and gold paper bag that goes on the head at the end of at the end of the the sign off and it, it, hey it saved the segment you mean you tell you tell a senior <laughs> in college that wants to get into tv that you're you might get canceled i can't lose that 25 dollars a week no. i gotta i gotta i gotta find that extra gear this so is, we found it yeah but it, uh this is also an era where local tv is yeah. still like primo for sports right Right. And to the clothes thing, when I, when I post the clip, it may or may not have been a red t-shirt underneath a sport jacket. I can't, I can't rule that out. <laughs> well, I'm a, I almost got run off that gig cause I didn't iron well enough. <laughs> oh man. It was, oh, a, man. But so, it was a really stressful deal. Every Thursday I'd have to get up and like, you know, we were out raising hell until about two o'clock yep. the night before. And then I had to go in there and do that it, and, it, it was an era for sure. So then years and years later, this, this was like maybe f- five years ago, one of our, one of our mutual buddies that w- would come back and help out uh, uh, media with, uh, with football games was up in the press box. And the person that was most irritated by this, we'll, we'll leave him uh, nameless, but you might get it from the, the impression. He goes, so uh, Grant, are you still uh, friends with that Brett McIntyre? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah. He just shakes his head, and walks off. So you so still have a reputation. I, I never lost the invite to Science House of Trivia. So so the the reach didn't go that far. But yeah, I was I was on thin ice there for a for a while <laughs> for a while That's in the Jacobson hysterical. building. Yeah. It's just, now Keith said I, Keith says I should show that to Campbell because Campbell will like that now because it's another show how far we've come. Campbell and I think, think that that's right. Great. That shows us the growth where we were. Campbell, I don't think he would ever say this to me now, but it was early. I think it was the first year that he was there, and he actually heard something on my radio show and texted me that I wasn't being hard enough on the team. Oh my gosh! Like he was just like, "Oh, we, you know, we suck. You, you're gonna get... totally different deal than back in the day where, yeah, in it." People are very sensitive when they work in these athletic departments. Yep. I under I understand it. All right, so I want to talk to you about your weather career because you're not really quitting it. You're just you're just kind of moving on. You're getting out of television mm-hmm. full time. So right. you've been doing this for 15 years. I want to start about like I want to talk about the start. So didn't you? And again, that you were were you an intern in 2008 when the Parkersburg tornado hit or were you actually full time because i remember i'm down at KMA doing my thing mm-hmm. we still kept in touch and i just remember you were on the scene and i was like super proud of you and like watching all this stuff and like talk me through that i feel like that so was that, your start yeah that that uh that was kind of my first weather appearance i i was sort of I, I lost the details exactly. I, I, w- I was hired for 13 or, or had the job, but I hadn't started yet. So that was at the end of May. We I graduated in early May and I was going to be starting in the middle of July at 13. So I had kind of that, uh, you know, two months of just, yeah, I can do whatever I want because I've got a job lined up, but school's done. So uh, we went we went storm chasing that day. It was with me and my, my brother, Brad, and we chased the storms like when they went up. I, you could tell everything was set up. You're like, oh, man, if there's storms here, we're going to get some tornadoes, maybe a big one. 
So the storms kind of started up just right by Fort Dodger, a little bit past. We we go out to chase, and we're kind of going from behind, and we we catch up to it like right as we're getting to Parkersburg, like right at Appleton, and that's where the firefighters are out on the highway. And they're like, no, no, don't uh, don't go anymore. There's a tornado that just touched down on the ground up here. And at that point, they didn't know that, you know, it had gone through Parkersburg. It was still in between Athletes and Parkersburg. And I said, oh, no, it's okay. You know, I'm a meteorologist. I could pull, I pulled that card, apparently. And they're like, and, 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 you know, I'm still probably in my, you know, wrinkled t-shirt uh, wear that I wore on the Iowa State campus all the time with my brother. And I don't know, somehow it passed the smell test. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, go ahead, go on. So we, we drive on and, uh, Right before we get to Parkersburg, I look at the rearview mirror and it's just flashing lights everywhere. Like every chef, she, uh, sheriff's deputy is coming out, driving along, and it's kind of the first. It's what I kind of tell when I do talks all the time uh, with people. Like when you when you go out storm chasing, you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see a tornado out in the middle of a cornfield or something. You don't you don't mm-hmm. think you're going to come across a town that's just been like leveled. And so even at that point, I'm still thinking, oh, it may you know maybe it hit a farmhouse or something or whatever. And we roll into Parkersburg. And we, we actually went the other way because there were some emergency vehicles coming through. I didn't want to get in their way. So we didn't go the main way on the highway that would have taken us right into all the devastation. So we go through the other side of town and everybody's like out in their yards looking around at the sky. And so I'm kind of looking that you see more funnels and I can look back to the south and the sun's already back out. So the sun's kind of in your eyes. I can see I said to my brother, I was like, do those trees look weird? So we turned and we went that way. And as soon as we came over the hill, it was just like a line it just went from normal everything to just gone. Like wow. you could, there, there's like a row of houses where you could have literally like sat in your living room and, and watch the whole thing come on by. Uh, so we stopped there. And yeah, so I hadn't already, I hadn't started officially yet, but it was a Sunday. I'm trying to call the, the newsroom. All I have in my phone for like the newsroom, is just the main like tip line that anybody and all the crazies can call in on. And it's five o'clock, so the news is going. I'm calling, I'm calling, can't get anybody to pick up. Um, I'm calling Ed, who was actually out of town that day, can't get him to pick up. Finally, I get a hold of Keith on his cell phone because I still have that from my internship. And I said, Keith, it's Brett. I'm in Parkersburg. There's been this this terrible. I'm like, you got to send everything. So we still have the chopper. I said, send the chopper, send the satellite truck, tell the newsroom to send everything. And yeah, as soon as the news was over, uh, Lynn Melling called me on the cell phone and and tried to get mad and it was just like i like i can't describe it and there's like nothing here just get everyone here wow. and so at 10 o'clock yeah i did this sweaty uh long-haired interview I've, I've tweeted out or put out a few clips of it on my on my facebook so that'll be that'll be around here the next couple of days too wow. but yeah that was that was the first that was the first real appearance uh weather-wise so were you there like rolling up on this before even like the sheriff and stuff what did it, it was about the same time. I mean, it yeah. was within probably like five minutes. We were right on the backside. So, you know, when we talk about like the hook echo on the radar, there would have been this really thin curtain of rain. So we couldn't actually see the tornado from where we were. We, st- we would have needed like another five or six miles to try to catch up and get, get on the other side of it, which is another stupid thing you should never do. I mean, you're chasing from behind. It's a good way to drive right up into it on the the backside of it but yeah we did we couldn't actually see the tornado but it, yeah we were there probably five minutes afterwards i, I mean there there's some really really crazy things that I, the the one that sticks out in my mind is the videotape like vhs tape that stuff was everywhere like sucked out of the tapes it was just it was just strung around everywhere was so 
it feels like uh, real quick. I want to thank our friends from Channel C. We're in the Channel C mm-hmm. studios. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Brett McIntyre joins me. Um, feels like the storm chasing deal. Like everything, he's kind of taken off right with social media. Everybody's got a camera now, a cell phone camera, which I assume you didn't really. In 2008, you probably had a cell phone, but not, no. <laughs> you know, there's no great camera no. on it. Like smartphones were really, I don't think the iPhone existed then yet. Like, um, yep. I, how do you, I mean, I want to talk about chasing because I, I did spotting when I was mm-hmm. same time when you were in 2008, I was working local radio in Western Iowa where I had become a trained spotter because it's a really big deal back there. Nobody in Western Iowa get like we get Des Moines news and we get Omaha news, but nobody really gives a crap about us. So when there's severe weather, everybody's locked into this station that I worked at. And I kind of have my perch where whenever there were warnings and stuff, I go out and sit at. But I was never like I never chased because Mm -hmm. I never I've seen a handful of tornadoes now, uh, but I never chased them because there is an art to that. Do you how do you view all these guys? and gals on like Twitter and stuff who there's a lot of really good ones, but Mm -hmm. I would imagine like there's a lot of guys and gals who don't really know what they're doing. And it just seems like crazy dangerous to me. What's the final. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, in some cases, the danger right now in storm chasing is, is almost more from other chasers than it is from the tornadoes themselves. There's a bunch of pictures just from, uh, this this past weekend, you know, we had all the tornadoes in Nebraska on Friday, chasers from all over the country. Then they all came to Iowa. And, and there's some pictures out there on Twitter of just the highways just lined with cars. You get into this wow. gridlock. And so that gets to be a little bit dangerous. I, I would say anybody that's going to chase needs to do what you to do the do the spotter training. The National Weather Service does it every year. They try to get one in every county here around central Iowa. It's free. If you're going to do that, you need to do that just so you know what's going on. Because it is dangerous, and it's easy, you know, you get locked in on what you're watching, and, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, or you're not, and even if you do, sometimes you can get ca- caught up in what's in front of you and not realize that it's back building behind you, and there's another storm that's going to come maybe behind you, cut off your exit route, I mean, there's there's a lot of different hazards there, so I'd say anybody that does it needs to be on, uh, you know, go through that spotter training for sure, and then again, just there's a lot, you know, everyone wants to get close. There's, there's money in, you know, trying to sell and license some of these videos and, you know, everybody's got their hustle. You're going to do what you got to do. But the, the ones that really get the the people that are very obviously speed, like recklessly driving, like going 80, 90, hundred miles per hour in the like winter set tornado. There's, there's one that's running stop signs that's that's not going to help anybody. And, you know, we, we had people that ha- live stream on a weather channel a few years ago that blew through a stop sign, T-bone somebody and got themselves killed. So don't do that. Don't put the emergency lights on your car. That's, that's illegal anyway. I know you're you're chasing you're trying to, you know, at some point do a service if you're, you know, reporting to the weather service or whatever. But. Guys, you, you gotta, you still gotta respect the rules of the road. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not law enforcement. Don't put lights, flashing lights, on your car. Just try, try to just be respectful of everyone. And you know, I think then we can all have our hobby. But we we don't 
we don't want to see more of these incidents of chasers crashing into each other. And even, you know, Tim Samaras is a, a big storm chaser and researcher, published a ton of papers. And and they I mean, they were like the real life twister going out and putting probes and things in the path of the storms. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the mid mid uh, 20 teens uh, got killed in in Texas by this massive tornado that that turned, you know, a direction that they weren't expecting right at the last second. And uh, he and his son. Another person got, uh, got got killed there. So it can happen even to people who know exactly what they're doing and are out there actually gathering research and publishing papers on this, not just out, you know, to, you know, get a, a bunch of likes or shares or whatever. So there, there's a lot of danger to it. Um, we don't we don't want to be adding to it, but just by the way we're behaving because, it, you know, it might go a little bit farther, go a little bit more viral that way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so this guy, this this professional researcher in Texas, right? Like, this is what always fascinates. Like, how how do you know, right? Because like it, the these are it's the most, it's the unpredictability of the twister that makes it so fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. It's the power. It's so when you say like, oh, well, you don't want to go up behind it, or like, is there a sure? There's no sure thing, right? Like the storm's supposed to behave like a certain way, but how often does it do what you think it's going to do? I guess what makes the, you know, it's yeah. easy to watch LeBron James and go, he's one of the greatest of all time. What makes a great storm chaser? Is it instinct? Is it knowledge? What, what, what would you say it is? Yeah. I, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it. Um, I mean, you got to have the knowledge to begin with, but you know, there, there's definitely some instinct and it's, it's not, you know, um, kind of like twister where, you know, they just look at, Oh, this is about to, you know, it's about to turn to the right. It's, it's not necessarily like that, but there are different things, especially um, that might be a little bit tougher in the field. But you know, if, if you're, if you've got somebody in the back that's watching radar, you, you know, you know, kind of which way it's going to go normally. If it's going to, you know, when they strengthen, sometimes they're going along, they might turn right. And then you, if, if you've got maybe a good grip on what's going on and you can tell, maybe something's happening here where you're getting, you know, maybe the downdraft coming around, something cutting it off where it's going to weaken a little bit toward the end of these tornadoes sometimes. And this is where people can get in trouble when it kind of is called occludes or when the, when the the cold air kind of starts to wrap around and you start the end of the life cycle of that tornado before a new one starts, then it can make these kind of unusual left turns that deviate from what you would expect. And, you know, trying to know when that's going to happen ahead of time, you don't always know or know, you know, with that amount of time. So it's more about just making sure you're in a good space in relation to the storm where one, you're not in the direct line and you have a way out if something changes. So it's mm-hmm. some of these people that kind of get up close to it and then get on the wrong side where, yeah, you're fine for now. But if this thing starts to weaken, it's going to come right over you. And now you're, you don't have an option because you can't go forward because the tornado's there. You can't go backwards because that's where the baseball size hit. You get yourself boxed in if you get on the wrong side of it. So you gotta, you gotta know where you're at and have that plan. Okay, what's my move if something changes here? How do I get out? 
And, and when you get a storm on three sides of you, you've only got one. If something changes, then, then you're in trouble. Okay. So what about, do you remember a few years ago? It was the one that I got, I think you guys may have used my footage, the Bondurant one. And then it, it mm-hmm. Marshalltown got leveled that day. So that is the, I have a newfound respect for these storms after experiencing that. I was getting ready to go to my radio show. Right. And my phone started blowing. Well, first of all, it started with my dog was like spinning around in circles in our living room. And it was weird. I thought he had to go to the bathroom, let him outside. He's outside barking. My, my phone blows up and it says we're in a tornado warning. And it was sunny out in, in Bondurant that day. And I'm not kidding. Within, within five minutes, I, I, I can see the funnel. I'm standing out of my deck. And like the the freight train thing is real, I've learned. Yeah. After being that close to one, it's a it's a very real thing. I corral the dog. The one thing I learned about it when you see one that close is it's more of a it's more of a suction than yeah. you see, like on the videos, right? Like mm-hmm. I think when we see it on TV, it's like a you think it's like this swirling, and but when you see it that close, like I could literally see like particles from people's roof going up into into the funnel that day was really weird though, because it was one of those days where we weren't in a tornado warning. We were not in a severe thunderstorm warning, boom, tornado warning. Mm -hmm. And I was like you, so that this rolls by and me and my neighbor, we were like the first people on the scene, like a block away. Mm -hmm. What happens on a day like that? Well, it's funny that you bring to that because that that is one of my most memorable day memorable days because it was the weirdest. You're right. It, it was not like a typical tornado day. I was coming in in the afternoon, uh, but around lunch we had this sometimes, especially kind of in the middle of the summer. Maybe it's not uh, peak tornado season. The National Weather Service put out this thing that says you know conditions are favorable for funnel clouds today, and basically they're glorified dust devils. There's not any spin up like where the storm is. So the storm itself isn't, isn't doing anything. It's just, that we've got this weird spin close to the ground. And when it gets stretched out, like when you twist yourself up on the swing set, then you pull your feet in and you spin yeah. faster. It's making like these weak, like dust devil things. And so that was what was put out for like Ames up to Algona. We just kind of have the, these funnel clouds that they're usually, they're harmless. Maybe they touch the ground. They're down for a couple minutes. They're gone. You know, they're not going to level your house. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Tweeted that out. What about my day? I'm driving into the station. I have KXNO on and the, the emergency alert thing comes on and it says tornado warning. I'm like at Grace Lake and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. And it's Polk County. And then I'm definitely like, oh, God. And so I'm just thinking, well, these things just touch the ground, you know, because if that does happen and somebody sees it, they'll put out a small tornado warning for like 10 minutes. I know Amber's in at the station. So I'm like, all right, I'll be there in a minute. I get in and I sit down at the radar so she can go walk on camera and on the side of our screen where I have the radar, I get this like real time feed of like pictures that are sent into our photo or our Facebook pages. And I'm looking at the t- those pictures. And when we have these weak funnel clouds, they're usually just really skinny and smooth. And I'm seeing all this stuff coming in from Bondurant. And I'm like, that looks like a real tornado. I mean, that, lo- <laughs> that looks yeah. more, that's not what I'm expecting to see and what had happened. And it's still in 15 years, this is the only time it's ever happened. We had this weak spin but it caught up to this warm front that we had that was basically just east of Des Moines. 
And when it caught up to that, it got into more spin. And so we went from funnel clouds to the National Weather Service is like, these could be tornadoes and some strong. And we ended up with th- with uh, two EF3s that day in Marshalltown yeah. and Pella, plus all of the stuff in Bondurant. But it, it, Bondurant was like right where it changed because I remember the pictures. People were sending in pictures and there was like two or three in like one picture. Yeah, it, no, it, it, I mean, it looked like my, the day after tomorrow. After that one flew over my house. And again, it didn't really mm-hmm. touch the ground until after it was past me. I have, I have a video where I could see three tornadoes at one time. There was yeah. one out in a field to the north of town. There was the one that destroyed the good chunk of town. And then there was another in the distance that I don't ever think touched down. Mm-hmm. But it, it was the craziest 10 minutes because it went from yeah. sunny to, yeah, and like say, I mean, I just have a newfound respect for it because I, I've all, I'd never known you know, you, you hear about these things, the freight mm-hmm. train, the suction, until you see it yeah. up close like that. And, like, uprooting trees, like a block from – my house was untouched. My yeah. house was untouched. But then, you know, literally a block away, trees mm-hmm. that have been there for 100 years have been ripped out of the ground. You yeah. Know, and an entire block was down. And it was just – it was unlike anything. And, um, again, like, I went from a guy who was like, oh, like – hundreds of people listening to this right now who are like tornadoes are really cool we like following severe weather to all of a sudden being mm-hmm. like yeah i respect this a lot more i think yeah it, it, it's it's a weird it's i mean it's a weird feeling because it, it is cool you do get excited seeing it and i mean that but then when you've seen i mean i mean i've seen what's what's happened in in parkersburg uh, you know a bit i was down in in winterset for two days after after that came through and just all the stuff there and so, I mean, it's weird because you still there still is, you know, an excitement and and, you know, wonder about it. But it 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 is one of those things that until you you do see what can actually happen, it's just it's like that abstract thing. There's it, there's you just it's hard to connect. It's hard to explain to somebody, uh, you know, until until it does happen to you or you, you do see it. So during your time, we had a lot. We used to have fun with you on the radio show when I was at KXNO, but we had the derecho. Uh-huh. We had the bomb cyclone. Yeah, trying to think of all these like weird, weird <laughs> derecho. Was the derecho the weirdest thing that you ever saw in your? I mean, as far as like, cause that that thing was freaking crazy. Like, if you go back and look yeah. at the radar from that day, but we kind of had warning. Like, we knew we were going to get a storm, but nobody. Yeah, like my wife got stuck in. Um, she was at the mall, the outlet mall. And yeah, like the when that thing happened and she couldn't leave. But like, I, I don't, was that the weirdest thing you saw? Yeah, it, it's probably and it's weird because now because now you have to specify because we had two durations. We had one in December, then later. So the big, the first one, the big one that happened in August that just like crushed Cedar Rapids. That that was weird. Um, just because we knew it was coming, and and I was coming in in the afternoon again. The kind of the theme of my fifteen years is every time uh, everything hits the fan somebody is gone and usually it's usually it's ed it's so ed, again ed, ed was gone for this one that when when urbandale uh, flooded that flash flood you know i was gone megan was gone you know i i was in uh uh chicago on a, on a guy's weekend at a cubs game 
So, and I realized what was happening. And so I'm kind of like reading it out to my buddy. And then we realized we left one of our cars. My buddy's car was in Beaverdale was at their house. The night we lost so, Larry, right? Kotler. Yes. Yeah. That, that was the, that, yeah. that was the, the night that uh, Larry Kotler died uh, in that flash flood. Man. So that, that was, that was unusual, but yeah, the derecho, um, I, I remember trying to get my stuff done so I could get in early running all the errands. You know, I, my daughter was still, um, uh, like a, a, not even a year old, almost a year old or two years old, year and a half old, 2020 was, but, uh, I'm running, I'm get, t- getting the dog to the vet, getting all this stuff done. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there by two. And then it, it just keeps going faster and faster as it's picking up strength. And so eventually it's, I'm leaving here at 1130 and it's coming through like at the same time, I I'm literally backing out of the driveway. My daughter is like screaming in the front door and my wife's like laughing because the power just went out and i'm sitting there pushing the garage door button like eight times before i figured out that the power's out and then i get like a block from the house and that's when it comes through and i kid you not it wasn't like leaves coming off the tree or branches there were like chunks of the trees just like detaching from their tops and flying just airborne like 30 feet in the air across the road and i'm sitting there going I have got to get off of this road. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where to go. And it, it was like just a hurricane. I called my boss. I said, Rod, I'm on my way. Somebody's got to hold the door open. Cause I don't, I, one, I don't know if I have my wallet and two, I'm just going to make a run. If the door's not open, I'm going to run through it. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was nuts. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, the one that we like three days after. Yeah. That deal. Yeah. We didn't have power for three days in, in Cedar Rapids. It, it was like two weeks for some people. They had like curfew and, national guard that that was nuts and that was and then in the, the middle of covid mm-hmm. and then to yeah. tie in the sports thing to it all hell was breaking loose because they were like that was when the big 10 announced that they weren't going to have a season yep. and because i remember like i'm trying to do all this stuff with no internet and no power and like it was just it was impossible it was not we we couldn't do anything. We had generators running all over the place. That was so okay to carry on from that. Like, mm-hmm. and you jump in here and tell me if I'm like completely off base. But it does seem like we've had more extremes. Uh, you, you hear, you know, climate change and all that stuff, and how yeah. it affects like the shorelines and stuff like that. Do you? I guess do you do you believe that our climate is more extreme than when you started? like 15 years ago, or do you think it's about the same? Um, it, well, it, I think it, it is. I think it's, it's hard. You can't really ever take one specific storm, like like let's say the derecho, and say mm-hmm. the derecho happened because of climate change. Like it's very hard to look at the, just the whole totality of everything and pick out one specific thing and say this is because X, because there's a 100 different things that go into it. But – with the way that things are changing, basically it, you're, you're loading the dice is the, is the best. That's the example that everyone says is you're just, you're, you're increasing the odds that things like this can happen. And, you know, and people hate some, some people will hate the term like the hundred year flood and 500 year flood and on and on and on. And really that's just supposed to be down to a percentage. A hundred year flood is basically, there's a one in a hundred chance that you'd have it in any particular year. So it's basically a 1% chance of that 500 year flood you know, it, that's a like a one in, or a two tenths of a percent or whatever it comes out to be. Mm-hmm. But those things are happening more. So 
we kind of have to adjust those percentages now. It's just, it, you know, if we've got more heat, we've got more humidity, we've got all this stuff into the atmosphere, which, I mean, it's, it's a fact. It's a documented fact that it's there. We can argue all day whether what, why or why that is or isn't. But it is warmer and there is starting to be more humidity. And so that's going to increase the chances that some of these things can happen. But it's also going to change other parts of the of the atmosphere. Um, you know, for the engineers out there at Iowa State, you guys, we share a lot of the same coursework. A lot, a lot of you guys probably could go through meteorology because there's a lot of thermodynamics and fluid dynamics, especially, especially because the atmosphere is, is basically, it's a fluid, it's air, but it's basically like you're trying to predict what's going to happen in some random point of a swimming pool. If you drop a bowling ball in on one side, how is that going to ripple through? So changing one thing changes like 17 other things. If you play pool and you're trying to hit a combo shot from one end of the table, if you're off by just a little bit at one end, by the time you get to the other end, you're like miles off. So the, the more heat, more humidity, all the change in the climate, it's, it's going to change some things in one way that might make the storms worse. It might at the same time increase the chance that we're going to have drought. If it's warmer and hotter, you know, the hurricanes might be stronger because the air is warmer, but it also, there's some research maybe that says it might increase the winds up above the clouds, which kind of hurt hurricanes. So does that mean we'll have fewer hurricanes because they get torn apart? Well, we have fewer hurricanes, but the ones that do happen are stronger. So there's a hundred different things that go into it. And that's why it's so hard to tease out to just one specific thing. Say, okay, that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have climate change. It, it, it might have. It still might have. But it, it's maybe more likely that it did or maybe more likely that it'll happen again sooner. Like we have a duration in Iowa, like about every two years. It's kind of the, the – somewhere in Iowa gets hit by a duration. But the one we had in 2020 – that was like the F like F five of, of tornadoes. You know, we have tornadoes all the time. We don't always have F fives. We yeah. have duratios every couple of years, but that was like the top end of the scale of duratio. So do you, after, after doing weather in Iowa for as long, do you, do you guys just like think that the, like, the guys in like Phoenix just suck? Like, is, it, <laughs> is that just where all the hacks go? I just feel like your job's so much more difficult, right? Like you got all this stuff. We got snow, you know. It's, we got humidity. Now, now it's dry. Oh, we got tornadoes. We got the rachos. We got the bomb cyclone. Eh, the guy in Phoenix, it's gonna be ninety. I, 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 I tried to talk Ed into retiring to San Diego for for years and years and years. Empty that seat out. No, yeah, that it's we we make fun of it because it's it's the well, you know, it's. That'd be 78 and sunny again today. Back to you guys. You need like no, 10 seconds for do? weather in San Diego. So, uh, well, I, have you, <laughs> I could get myself in a lot of trouble, but yeah. if you look at some of the, some of the big markets, I mean like the really big markets down there in, in California and Florida, I, I, Ed and I, we, we don't have the, the looks for that. I'll just, I'll just leave about it there. The, uh, that Al Roker markets. guy. Do you like the Al Roker? Is he, is he like, <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of a hack, isn't he? He's not really Al, a real meteorologist. Al, Al is Al is a very nice guy. Okay. Um, his he's got some interesting glasses. I don't know if I could pull off some of the. I mean, the this, color this glasses guy couldn't hold guy. your jockstrap when it comes to forecasting the weather. <laughs> have you honest. ever have you ever have you ever heard Lewis Black spit on the weather? An Al <laughs> no, Roker. You got to look that up sometime. That I that, love Lewis Black though. <laughs> oh, he's he's got some epic uh, weather. We, we may have played that a few times in the weather uh, office okay. at night. 
last thing, and then we're going to get on to what you're doing next. But the, So, like, you started 15 years ago. Internet mm-hmm. is, boy, we're not really hitting full cylinders yet, but we're getting close, right? We don't have the speed that we mm-hmm. do now, but the technology is getting better. So, like, is it easier to be a meteorologist now, or was it easier 20 years ago? Because you have all these tools, but then you can't, like, completely rely on the tools. Like, walk me through that dynamic. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, things things have gotten better. I mean, radar is miles ahead of where it was when I started with the things that we can see in terms of trying to figure out debris and just just like how small we can resolve now in the storm. So radar is way better. The computer models are better. There are more of them now than there were before to look at. So it may, like it, sometimes it's good to have more than maybe two or three options, but then sometimes if you've got 10 and they're all saying something different then that just makes it even worse um i i it, it's it's helped in some ways yeah the the social media stuff i mean it, it's added more things to your plate that you've got to do to, to try to try and keep up um so in, in that respect and just kind of the way that the whole business has changed there's there's more things to do it's it's harder and kind of takes away some of your focus from some of the other stuff that you'd rather do uh, so I think it's gone both ways. I think the technology has definitely helped. I think our coverage is better for it uh, than it was than when we started. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the where the future goes here with with broadcast and and internet and, and social media. I, I can remember I can remember when our station did not have Facebook and Twitter pages and was actively resisting creating them. If you can imagine that, take traffic yeah. away. Yeah, didn't want. Yeah, and it's kind of gone full circle. We we resisted on that, got behind on that, and then went all in on that, and and now everything's kind of back. Oh, we want to drive them back to the website, yeah. and and try and get the revenue from there. So that that rat race is still still spinning its its wheels. Whatever the, uh, I'll speak for. I'm not speaking for Brett here. He's still got a few days left. But whatever the <laughs> corporate czar in New York City wants. I've been, I've done the corporate media thing enough in my life. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me. And like, I don't know anything about it, but all you weather guys, like this, the promos are always, Oh, we got the new Doppler, you know, the Doppler 6.94. And then the other yes. station will be like, we have the most advanced weather technology in all of Des Moines. And it's interesting. Like we still see that stuff. The great thing is, is the best stuff we all use. It, it, we all have it because you know the weather service has got the best of of the best. And, and you know, n- none of the stations are launching the satellites. I can tell you that much. We're not. We we don't have any any deals with Elon here to get things off the ground. So <laughs> anything that's going up in space, that's all paid for by your tax dollars. So we we were all we're all sharing that. Okay, so you're getting out of the TV grind, and that is a grind. Mm-hmm. You've worked. Yes brutal hours for a long time. I mean, I did my internship with Keith Murphy and after a month I told Keith, I don't want to be on TV because I, I wouldn't have <laughs> been able to do it. The, the hours like, um, not necessarily the amount of that you work, but like the going in at two, the and, it's yeah. just, it wasn't for me. I knew it from day one. I respect Evening, who can evenings, weekends, holidays. It's yes. all, it's and like I, I had, I had, I had my, like I said, my dad worked for a local paper. So you're covering high school on Friday nights and Iowa and Iowa yep. State on Saturdays. And my mom was a nurse. The hospital's never closed. So that's, that's, 
And it's not just media, so I can't, I can't, I can't complain. And make everyone yeah. feel sorry for me, but it, it's a, it, it's, it does. No, suck I'm happy for you as your friend because you're getting out mm-hmm. of that. And I had to do that with KXNO, and that was a very different deal. But being locked into that afternoon drive made it very difficult with kids. You have a family. Mm-hmm. You're kind of going into more of a nine to five thing, although it's not necessarily what. So tell everybody, you're not leaving. You're still. I don't know. You're still in the genre of weather, right? That's the best way to put it. Yeah, definitely, definitely still at at the at the very least weather adjacent. So I'm going to Polk County Emergency Management uh, here coming up next week, um, and I'm going to be under the emergency manager, kind of on their team, team of four. I'm going to be. It's called kind of a pro- program assistant is my title. Um, so I'll be working with you know all, all, anything that's in Polk County, whether you know it's a, the cities, municipalities you know, fire departments, police department, all of that to, to help plan just emergency response to whatever can go wrong or drills, tabletop exercises, all of this stuff. So your floods, your tornadoes, your derechos, all of that, I'm going to have my hands in on that. You know, if there's an apartment fire, train, you know, anything bad that happens that's going to need some sort of mobilized response we're, we're kind of in kind of helping the communication, we're not necessarily like an authority, but might go to these meetings, make sure if somebody's making a change, it's not going to mess up this plan over here. If, you know, if Windsor Heights is going to do this and Clive is going to do that and we want everything to, you know, mesh together. 8035, the fair. I saw I saw pictures, you know, our emergency managers, AJ Mum behind the scenes at the NCAA tournament. So there's there, the 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 reach here will be will be wide we'll I'll still be involved in a ton of things around around the metro and again a lot of times uh, some of that stuff that's going to get put into motion is going to be uh, the, those weather events so um, when I told my chief photo- our chief photographer that I was leaving what I was doing he's the one that always goes with me when we go to tornado damage or flood weather and he said well I won't change anything I'll just still show up at the next terrible the thing that's happened and point the camera at you and have you talk about it so I said, well, yeah that's that's, that's about, that might be pretty close to how, how it shakes out. It depends. If, you know, if AJ doesn't want to talk to the media, he can say, hey, you go do it. You know how to do it. Well, that's uh, good for you, and that's an important job. I guess like a guy like me, before you told me what you were doing, I didn't even know that those jobs existed. But then you think about it, and it's like, well, yeah, there's got to be somebody putting together these plans. And yeah. do you I, – I guess like – I don't know. I'm not trying to hang on to the, the climate change thing. But it, it just mm-hmm. seems different. Like the whole, like our, our whole climate seems different. And I'm not even saying it's for the worse. I'm not trying to get political here. But it feels like to me, as a guy who spends a lot of time outside, um, it, it feels like to me we're like a month behind. Is that accurate? Like, feels like summer goes deeper. Feels like it takes it longer for to hit. Uh, winter yeah. doesn't really start until like January, February. Mm-hmm. Like, is that accurate? Do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, things have been kind of off here lately. Uh, I think last year, I can't remember what the stat was, but like our tornado warnings were coming later and later into the season. Yeah. We weren't getting them as earlier. And, and some of that, you know, we just had three years in a row of, of La Nina, which has only happened like once or twice. So those kind of things can change and flip flop and, and last for a couple of years that will throw things off. Uh, so that's part of it. Um, and the other thing, I mean, you can do, and you you can talk to farmers. I think, especially if you talk to them in western or northwestern Iowa, that they're going to notice things like this. Uh, what's called uh, the hundredth meridian. It goes. It's it's basically the marker between the really dry 
mountain west and high plains and the more humid eastern half of the country. We're on the eastern side of that. But that line is moving more and more to the east. So when you drive across Nebraska and South Dakota, you know, they got the big irrigation systems out there yeah. for their fields. Yeah. That drier climate is is coming more to the west. And obviously, we've had more drought here lately in Iowa. But especially you get up towards Sioux City and in that northwestern corner of the state, it's getting drier there. And I think you've had more people that have talked about, you know, if we're going to have to start irrigation in Iowa or not. And the overnight low temperatures are getting warmer. My uncle was a farmer. You know, he said, you know, the, the perfect temperatures for uh, growing corn because corn it does most of its growing at night. That's at least the simplified version that uh, he's explained to me and I tell it. But 86 of the day and temperatures in the 60s overnight. So as those overnight lows go up, I mean, there's farmers that can notice that thing and then start to see how that impacts the yields and starts to knock it down a little bit. So there, there's different ways to tell, you know, that something is, is different here. Something is, is changing and we don't want it to change too far. We have to have, you know, like we said, get those big irrigation systems out there and that presents a whole nother slew of problems. Well, you'll still be my guy, okay? Still going to go to you. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm glad I'm not doing talk radio anymore because anything weather-related, I'd be like, oh, we're going to get McIntyre on the phone here. <laughs> uh, no, it's I, – I, I've been – I've loved watching your career. My wife is very, uh, of all people, the most disappointed because she loves watching you on the weather. Uh, but we'll – I, the, I, I threw her off with the politics I'm, night, though, right? You did, yeah. Backstory <laughs> to that, we were watching the – local election coverage with you and Dave and mm -hmm. Ashley was, she just couldn't take Brett seriously. <laughs> I mean, if you guys know the Brett that I know and my wife saw in college, you wouldn't be able to do it either. Um, WrestleMania, yeah. Royal Rumble. We'll be able to be room. better friends now. We'll be able to do more <laughs> like, for real. I told people that when I quit radio, it's just like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm you getting get your life back portion of my life back. Right. I don't have to be watching games 24 seven. And like, it's, it's I'm I'm happy for you. I think you'll be a I think you'll be a happy guy, and and we'll, we'll probably bother you from time to time to do some sports with us here on Iowa Everywhere if you're down. Oh, definitely, definitely love to do that. All right, brother. Well, he's Brett. Ma so final night on the air is Sunday, right? Sunday night. Yep. Yep. Right, right. before sound off. Be All right, Brett will be signing off, signing off uh, on the weather for the final time, and maybe Murph will let him wear a bag over his head on sound off. <laughs> That's how I should thanks, go out. Thanks to our friends at Circa Sports Iowa, Circa Resort and P Casino for bringing us today's program with Brett McIntyre, CW Pod here, signing off from the Channel Seed Studios with Brett McIntyre. I'm Chris Williams. We'll have two guys named Chris coming up on Thursday at 8.30, Jared and J-Bo coming up, The Hook, all your great uh, shows here on Iowa Everywhere. Have a great rest of your week. Iowa Everywhere.